Like, I got in trouble. Oh, that's already recording. I, I'll just record this. No one's in, No one listens to this, right? No, it's not no, a problem. <laughs> so I, I don't care. I'll, I'll edit it out. All right, so once, so Chapin was in town. So I, I literally came, picked up Chapin and left. And they were like, wait, 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 hold on a second. Did you really just leave and, like, not go? I'm like, I wanted to hang out with Pat. <laughs> I got a lot of, like, stink eye. But, yeah, I got to go to, I got to go after this. Okay. Oh, was this on? We decided it was on? I think we decided. All right. You decided it was on. So, I'm... I didn't say anything that would uh, upset my standing with a social club. I'm Mike. This is Brian. You may have heard of us. But probably not. It's like, we may have been lost to the mists of antiquity at this point. Um... Actually, that's not true. So we actually were going to start casting super regularly again, and then Brian broke his foot. Yeah, it's true. And then, you know, there was a lot of pro tour travel and stuff. I'm just going to podcast on limited resources from now on. How many times have you done them? I've only done done two and a half times. Two and a half times? You are a traitor. That's more times than I've done. And I got tweeted out by Brandon Sanderson that he listened to me on limited resources. Are you kidding me? No. But, I mean, to be fair, I was talking about my architects and gardeners theory of drafting. Oh, I'll just... Brandon Sanderson, Brandon Sanderson, Brandon Sanderson. Now, let's just be clear. I was talking to Brandon Sanderson on this podcast before anybody else in the magic community had ever heard of him. I was like, this guy's awesome. You should go read his books. Now we find out he's a magic player. And he's like, oh, apparently he wants Tom Martell to do more draft videos and he'll name a character after him. Uh, What? (laughs) What about me, Brandon Sanderson? I'm the Brandon Sanderson super fan. <laughs> he tweeted something at you. Michael Malores. <laughs> Michael Malores. That your character? That's <laughs> my character. <laughs> I'm like a light caster Re- or something. Reality bender. Ooh, high five. Reality bending. Michael Malores. Two two minutes. Ago, should we talk about basketball for a while? Do you think people care about Magic the Gathering I still? Think they do. People still play that. It's a good set right now. I mean, based on the attendances, yeah. Yeah. People like diversity, right? Do they like not being able to know what you're going to play any round ever? So you don't know if, which cards are good? Is there about modern? Any format. I don't know. Stand- standard seems like a little more... Standard seems a little more uh, solidified. You think? I mean, like, I don't know. I think some, you could easily... Star City event, like half the decks in the top eight or Grizzly Salvage Mulch decks. I, I think, like... You know, Angel of Serenity. I think that if, you, if you're playing a format and you might just get beaten by a Crater Hoof Behemoth on the fourth turn, and it's completely unclear if that's a viable deck, and then you might get beaten by a Crater Hoof Behemoth again later in the tournament, still unclear if that's a viable deck. I think that it's hard to predict. I mean, what, why is it not clear that that's a viable deck, right? Hasn't that deck done well? I mean, I actually made this argument to certain Pro Tour and Grand Prix champions in the not-so-distant not past, and they were like, in Australia. <laughs> that was the response. I was like, well, you know, they, they, they sort of like, in Australia. Yeah. Uh, people are, uh, smart players are pre- trying to predict what's going to happen in the standard Grand Prix this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I predict a lot of Thrag Tusk. You think? So here's the thing. The person I was talking, I was like, I, I'm playing this. And he's like, look, I'm not, not, I'm not, not playing Thrag Tusk. Let's be honest. I'm like, all right, I can, ex- I can accept that. He thinks it's going to be like this Sam Black Sphinx's Revelation Blue White Jazz. Yeah, there's also when people keep talking about Bant decks. I think I think I'd rather play Bant than straight Blue White. If you play the Mirror Match and one deck has Farseek, isn't it just like massive advantage? I mean, 
I mean, it's certainly if one deck plays Farseek, there's a far greater likelihood that Mike Flores will like and talk about that deck. I'm just saying, straight up, blue-white deck versus blue-white deck. One deck has Farseek and Thrag Tusk, and the other deck has, I don't know, whatever the hell they have that's not Farseek. I don't know, they just play a Fog Bank? Okay, your guys say draft against my Thrag Tusk? That's that's not a fight. Sure. I don't don't know. I, I haven't played. I really have, I've, I haven't played a ton of. Yeah, stuff. Have you seen? Are you friends with Saito on Facebook? Saito's been putting out some lists. He's got like Fog Bank in his main deck. Fog Bank. What is he Fog Banking? Attackers. <laughs> Every single person's like, "Do you really need the Fog Bank?" And like the next day, he'll like post another deck with Fog Bank. So I tried. I tried Saito Fog Bank tech last week. I'm like, I'll try whatever. As soon as my what do you think happened? As soon as I put my Fog Bank out, Pillar of Flame. I'm like. <laughs> Well, that's not a card every deck has. Sure. <laughs> like, fog bank. I like, uh, I actually kind of like, if I was going to play, like, a two-drop main deck, I'd probably be more likely to play <laughs> Rest in Peace at this point. Uh, I mean, my band deck got three main deck uh, ground seals. I just don't play Snapcaster Mage. Can you imagine me saying that? It was, like, the first card I bought. Yeah, the first card I bought in years. I bought four. Or so I guess won't play the Snapcaster Mage. So ground Seal is like, you get so much, like, impact free wins against the Grizzly Salvage decks. You were right about Grizzly Salvage. Did we ever put up a podcast about that? I think we did. You were right. That card turned out to be sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like... It's not super obvious that, like, people are going to grab... I don't think it was obvious that, the, like, this hybrid mid-range junk reanimator deck was an evident deck. Like, that you would actually be, like... Unburial right I'm, saying I'm your target is Thrag Tusk. I'm, wait, I'm waiting yeah. to see people actually um, just play Spider Spawning. You know, I'm not even thinking kidding. about it. Yeah. I, I think it's, actually, it's probably really good. I don't know how many creatures those decks have. I haven't looked they have at enough creatures. But if you have enough like mana creatures in there too. Like, um, yeah, some of them have uh, Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, that card's really good. But people are like going bigger and bigger. So like the first couple weeks, the biggest thing you needed was Angel of Serenity. Which I don't know what's really that serene about. That seems like a very violent card. Yeah, you know, like not. This, it, it's like unearthing the graveyard too. You know, it's it, it's it, it, this isn't like a nice guy. Yeah, as, as recently as last week, I pointed out the graveyard part of that card to people, and they were like, "No, it's serene at all." Like, no, it doesn't. Shut up, people don't know. It. I mean, I, I don't know. I play like conservative. I play like fifteen hours of moto a week, so. Constructs off, so I mean I don't know. Play Angel Serenity every single day, you know. Like I don't against Angel Serenity, you know. Yeah. yeah. So just uh, did you, you don't read my Star City Premium articles, do you? Ah, uh, not no. no. So I made this deck. Tell me if you love this deck. I'm going to tell you the cards that are in it. Farseek, you love it, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Chromatic Lantern, Ooh. you love that. Ranger's Path. Ooh. Is this a uh... increasing ambition? Which one's increasing ambition? Is that Diabolic the... Tutor for five flashback? Sure. For dubs? Yeah. Diabolic Revelation. Diabolic Revelation. I said I wanted to play it when we were previewing cards. And you're like, you're actually not going to play it. It's like, it's like infinite three X Diabolic Tutors. Right. Oh yeah. 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 You get to search for any number of cards. Sphinx's Revelation. Okay. I have a lot of ramp. So you get yeah. there. Thrag Test Restoration Angel, Borderland Ranger Obs, one cigar to host appearance because it's sweet. Here, here are my one ups. You ready? Yeah. Cyclonic Rift. Seems awesome. Rectos. People are playing that in Modern this weekend. Man. Yeah. It was in the top eight. Yep. Of, uh, as well as Mizium skin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me finish. Right. One Supreme Verdict. Just, sure. I, I ended up needing it. Okay. Yeah. Cyclo- 
most decks can't beat one cyclonic. Uh, Cyclonic Earth, by the way. Yeah. It actually, like, if your opponent's just playing, like, some sort of, like, incremental advantage planeswalker strategy and, like, 14 lethal planeswalkers in play, just like, all right, lift everything. And they're like, <gasps> Obviously, I have Rakdos' return. I have one of that. How about flashbacking? Flashbacking, increasing ambition for the combos. You can also unlock... There's multiple achievements to unlock. So you've got Cyclonic Rift, um, Rakdos' return, and Thragtusk Restoration Angel. I mean, even, like... Farsi Ranger's path is like, you know, pat yourself on the shoulder. Sure. Okay. Wait, we're, we're not done. We're not done. Yeah. You know what else I have? Door to Nothingness. One X. Just just for the achievement? Just for the badges? No, because you're playing this mid-range match, right? So the one the thing I figured out when I made the deck was... You just what, you're, the what you were talking about is like... The, for, the format is like all these decks that basically do the same thing, right? Junk... Jund, junk tokens, even junk reanimators, not that powerful. They get like explosive draw. The best thing they can probably do is Angel Serenity. Though, other than the ones that are going to kill you, the Crater Hoof Behemoth on turn four, most of them are like, you know, just make a dude and you can kill a dude. You can kill it with, you know, your one's Supreme Bird, whatever. But you could just like stay even with them by playing Fairies with them and you have more mana because you have like Farseek, Ranger's Path. They don't kill you in one attack unless they have Crater Hoof Behemoth draw. And then. You just, like, do the same thing as them, block your even Zs, but they were more explosive than you, so they just have 10 more life than you. Big whoopee. They have 10 more life than you. You have 15 more cards than them. Okay, like, so then you, oh, <clears throat> you're just like, all right, increasing ambition for Sphinx's revelation. And then you're like, it's, lo- it's on. But, that you know, everyone's just playing, like, this, like, Pharisees game. They're, like, blink- they're blinking Thrag Tusks. They probably got Centaur healers. Sure. And then you're just like, I have 10 lands in play. Uh, increasing ambition, door to nothingness, go. <laughs> you tag me to death? I didn't think so. You're dead. I mean, like, you know, it, you really make the far seeks work. They cost RRGG. Yeah. Dub. It's all of it. It's Werberg Werberg. Okay. Uh, I showed it to uh, PJ's, I guess, obviously my favorite deck. You, you don't, you, you haven't seen it. That's why you, you're not in love with it. Sure. I told those about it. We talked a lot. He's like, you're basically playing cube. So you just, like, pick all these awesome cards, and you get to play them. It's just cube. Um, thought, thought you liked that. Um, so, yeah, I'm certainly going to log on tonight and watch you play it. So, uh, yeah, so the thing that's cool about it is there's a lot of these mid-range control decks that even, like, have powerful planeswalkers and stuff, but they don't have any permission. So they're just, like, laying out all this Jones, and they're like, man, 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 I get all this stuff. And then you're like, all right, Cyclonic Rift to you. And they're like... I'm going to rag those as a return. You're like, well, it was a good game. There's no coming back, man. You know what card I really love to play? Staff of Nin. Did we talk about yeah. loving that? It's so we, fun. We talked about that when it was printed. So good. As a card you love. It's like it's double planeswalker. Yeah, so. It's basically Jace and Chandra every turn. So. And um, it can't be attacked. Yeah, I made a black. Just a, I tried to make just a mono black control deck because the trolls love mono black control. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. But, like, internet trolls are, like, their favorite thing ever is mono-black control. They're like, my mono-black control deck! And just finish the sentence however you want to finish it. So I, try, I tried to make a mono-black control deck with four staff of Nin, but um, I got one, like, one match or something, and then my opponent played, like, a Nicol Bolas, and I was just like, yeah, there's no cards that are <laughs> allow you to beat opponents that are just going bigger. So then I made it black-red, and it has just, like, Dreadbore and Rakdos uh, Kirun. 
Did you play it against Drakto's Kirun? Yeah. Drakto's Kirun is one of the hardest cards in the format to play against. Two, what is it, 2 1 first strike? 3 1 first strike. Oh, first strike. And it's only a dude on their turn. Right. And all the removal in standard is sorcery speed. So, like. No one's playing Abrupt Decay. I haven't played it against an Abrupt Decay. It's probably just not good enough, right? I mean, like... It's like tailor-made for modern, probably just everything in standard. I mean, it's great. it's awesome against... It's awesome against counterbalance, you know? Like, <laughs> it, it kills Liliana, but, like, little Liliana, but... <clears throat> but the the threats that matter in... What? Ari Dickey won the Cy Young. I don't know what that is. Is this baseball? It is baseball. I don't know what it is. He's a 37-year-old knuckleballer. What's a knuckleballer? Knuckleball is a pitch that you throw with very little to no rotation so that the ball flutters and it's thrown at a lower velocity than a normal pitch. And it just kind of just moves like very suddenly and unexpectedly in the strike zone uh, or out of the strike zone. But he's like 37 years old. He's kind of like this player who bounced around his entire career, discovered the knuckleball in his mid-30s or early 30s, and then finally got to he's the, like good at the last couple years of the Mets that he... He's a Met, and you he's like a Met. He won Streamer 26. Is that good? Yeah, he won 26. Really he just led the league in all these different things. Also, when he steps up to bat, his theme music, you know how baseball players have theme music? I didn't know that. So they all have walk, what they call walk-up music. Yeah. His walk-up music is the Game of Thrones theme. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a giant nerd. He has bats named after swords from Lord of the Rings. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. I could get behind him yeah. if I, I didn't like baseball at all. yeah. So, but anyway, he won the Cy Young, so that's awesome. Is, the, is that, like, for the best pitcher? That's the best pitcher, yeah. It was pretty clear that he should win, but, like, maybe people... Is 37 typically over the hill for a baseball player? Uh, it's usually the beginning of the decline. I would say maybe, like, a couple of years into the decline. And he's someone who's actually just hitting his stride right now. Oh, wow, that's so. crazy. So he like he's, like, sort of like the baseball Steve Nash. Yeah. But apparently 37-year-old Steve Nash and 38-year-old Steve Nash are two very different animals. <laughs> Do you believe that Kobe is disappointed that Phil Jackson is not coaching the Lakers? I... Or do you believe that he is the instigator between behind Phil Jackson not co- right, well, coaching the Lakers? So I did a fair amount of research after this signing because it was inexplicable to me. Okay, so um, Jackson's previous contract was $12 million a year, right? And then when he left, they were trying to knock him down to $5 million a year, and he right. was just like, F it. What were they really going to pay him? You think he wouldn't? He's just not going to work for five million, right? You know that he's not. Sure. So what did they pay D'Antoni? Do we even know? Uh, I think it's three years, twelve million. Yeah. So they were paying that to Phil for every year, Preve. Uh, I mean, reality is, Phil's the greatest NBA coach of all time, and you know, didn't didn't he personally coach Kobe to whatever five rings or something? Uh, yes, but I mean, I, but isn't, don't you think that's kind of why he would do that? Oh, like, so you, you, you think Kobe I wants... Think Kobe to... wants a non-Phil Jackson... Ring. Ring. All right, so th- this is my analysis of the situation. Nash has not produced yet. You can say whatever reasons sure. why Nash hasn't produced. I agree with whatever you say. Sure. Reality is he has not produced. Um, the structure of the team was supposed to be Nash controlling Kobe... In Nash's absence, Kobe's actually had a pretty good season so far. You know, he's he's sure. producing at an above average rate. You know, doing. I mean, their team has a terrible record, but you know, he is producing it. What are they right now? Like X and bigger than X, though, right? 
Who, the Lakers? Lakers, yeah. I, they lost to Sam. Yeah, they, they definitely, they're definitely bigger than that. Uh, I want to say they're like 1-7 or something. They can't be that bad, though. No, yeah. no, they're not 1-7. Just click the NBA tab. What kind of bizarro ESPN I thought in New York. I don't care about the rest of the world. The world, yes. So just going to hit standings. Where's... Down, down. Up, up. Up, up. Past the wild turkey. Yeah, to the right, to the right. Down, down. Yeah, down. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. L.A. Lakers. Three and five. That's way better than one and seven. All right. Three and five. Oh. I mean, it's 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 like one game different than the Cleveland Cavaliers, so I don't know how. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I... I do you really think that picking, like, the coach that's tailor-made to play with Steve Nash is really, like, this affirmation of Kobe's greatness? People are predicting it's going to be, like, a Nash-Howard pick-and-roll game. I mean, that's really, this is just, like, driving Kobe further and further to the perimeters of relevance. He's having a good year, though, right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like he just... If he comes in and they win with Phil Jackson, I think it just goes on Kobe's resume. is like he couldn't win without Phil Jackson. Um, and I think if he wins with, and I think if he wins with Mike D'Antoni, like that goes as a win in Kobe's column, not as a win in D'Antoni's column. Do you think uh, so? Like D'Antoni's, you know, if he can like, this is save a, D'Antoni. This isn't a provable fact. Yeah, but as a fan of a team who had Mike D'Antoni as their to- as their coach last year, previous yeah. year, what's your opinion of Mike D'Antoni? <laughs> You're just a fan. <laughs> Uh, it's not a provable, he, factual thing. It's just a fan fan question. Mike D'Antoni's a butt. Just a walking butt. He's not very good. He doesn't coach defense, and he doesn't coach offense. The only <laughs> reason why the Suns were at They all made the Western Conference reason. Finals twice, and they were because unlucky they had, to not go to the Finals sure, multiple sure, times. Very Four players very unlucky. in their primes who were all max contractable. Um, the... Now, Marion was really good, yeah. Joe Johnson, Marion, Amari. They did not have Joe Johnson. Yes, they the... did. Was yes. he in Atlanta? In like 2007, he was in Atlanta. Later, yeah. He could not get to the finals with these. Speaking teams. of Joe Johnson and Max Contractable, what's worse? The fact... How many how many Brooklyn Nets have Max Contracts? Three? Uh, I think I think it's I think everyone Gerald Wallace and Chris Humphreys, who are like the two best guys in their starting lineup, don't have Max Contracts. <laughs> so, <One of> the... <laughs> Want to know something interesting? What? Joe Johnson turned out to be the best max contract Joe from that offseason. <laughs> Joe Johnson played with Phoenix until 2005. Yeah, yeah so he wasn't, on the, he wasn't on the Nash team. That, Nash won the, Nash won the uh, MVP in 2006 and I want to say 2007. He won it consecutive years and then... Yeah. Nash... Joe Johnson, Amari, and Mary. I'm not saying they never played together. That those aren't those weren't Nash's those weren't Nash's god years. I think I want to say it was 2007 and 2006. He came to Phoenix in 2005. Four, yeah. 2005. He came to Phoenix in Joe Johnson's last season with the team. So they have they have a year of overlap. Yeah. So that version of Nash also was the one that that uh, that they didn't want to pay, right? Well, they didn't. Dallas didn't want to pay him because they didn't think him. he was that good. Yeah. So, I mean, you want to say Dash's Mac contract? We is a really good point. It's really, really good point guard. I agree. Um, I, I don't think Joe Johnson's that great at all. Personally. I think he's awful, but he's still the best Mac deal of that offseason, which is insane. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch all signed for less than Max. Yeah, they would have made like twelve million dollars a year or something. Yeah, right? they're ridiculously low contracts. Joe Johnson's closest competitor is. It's like Amari. I was gonna say Amari. Yeah, Boozer. <laughs> Boozer's not a max contract. Yes, he is. Boozer's a max yeah, contract. Yeah, Bulls just give him all the money they could. I don't know. Really? Yeah. He's like the fourth best bull, maybe. I, that's being like very Maybe scary. the fourth best bull. Is Kyle Korver on the Bulls? Uh, I don't know. Either him or uh, Kirk Heinrich. I keep forgetting. They, always, they keep rotating <laughs> I they've think gone, it's Kyle Corbett. I'm Corver. not sure which one I take. I don't know. They keep going through Kyle Corbett and Kirk Heinrich. I think they're both on the team at one point. I mean, the Bulls, you know what's awesome about the Bulls, though? What? They got their entire rotation, which is even better than San Antonio from this perspective. Every single player on their team is good. Yeah. Up until this exactly. I mean, they're off-season. They're off-season. Yeah, so you want to make fun of Boozer and his contract, because the dude still puts up all-star numbers if he feels like it. Huh? He's good. No, he puts up all-star numbers the year before he has a deal coming. That's what they all do, bro. <laughs> and then the next four years, he makes Channing Fry look awesome. I mean, I love a Channing Fry. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard to make. You're Channing talking Fry about a, a You're talking about a team that's got like you know, Joakim Noah. On Noah's it. he's like insane. Yeah, I mean, obviously Joakim Noah's like my. I, I would like to picture a non-Anderson Verge as center that I want on my team. You know, like, that's like... Yeah, Noah's just insane. He don't waste stopped, shots. Don't screw up. Moving. Never stop moving. Get a lot of rebounds. Like, <clears throat> anyway, let's talk about Magic some more. Do we care, we care about Magic still? Sure. Talk about, what, what, what do you think of Modern? Um, I think that, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I look at the decks and I'm like, I guess you could just play whatever you want. And cross your fingers. I, mean, I don't think you can play whatever you want. Right? Um, actually, this past weekend, that Jun deck with Lingering Souls is in both both the first and second place decks. Yeah, right? but, but there were eleven decks in this top sixteen. Um, so I don't know I don't, what that you, means to you. Do you follow Twitter? Um, where no, where Chris Bakul is just like talking about how Kibler had what Leaf Liege in his deck. He's like, if Flores told me I was so stupid, blah blah. He said last month. Out of the blue, Pakula, like, IMs me, like, what about Whitley Fuchs? And I looked back at my entire chat conversation. <laughs> I never said he was something. I was just like, why do you want to play it? Like, that's, <laughs> just like, that's, like, that's not, and it, you're a horrible person. I'm just like, I'm just wondering why you right. want to play it in this, this context. Right. What, what's, where where yeah, are you like, positioning? When, when this card was good, people were playing Blightning, and the Jun decks, the, although popular, aren't playing Blightning anymore. I thought that was a fair question. Right. They play Liliana. I think you now. play Liliana. Okay, that's a fair answer. Calcano. So that's a really good answer. Thank Calcano you. played Loxon on Smiter in his Doran. Deck that he top 16. Well, that's a pretty efficient creature, right? But also, yeah. well, it's also, also Liliana. Oh, but then if you play that with what Leaf Leash, yeah. that's actually what I said to Pakula. I'm like, well, you get like a 6 6 for three if you if you play this card. I, I, I really didn't say stupid things <laughs> on big twits that I was making. I don't think Calcana played Lingering Souls. I think that he explicitly played. Lingering Souls is bad in every format. It has not won any Grand Prix. It has not won... Right. Certainly hasn't won Legacy <laughs> any Modern. Legacy, Legacy modern. modern Standard and been banned in block. It, it did not put Johnny into his umpteenth constructed top eight. Wait, these are all... Do you know the Reed Duke story with Lingering Souls? Which? Okay, so, Star City Invitational. Local champions playing on this table. All of his friends are surrounding this table. It's near. It's not a feature match because it's just local champion. I don't know his name. But he's playing near the rail, so all the local players are watching him play against famous, you know, Mox competitor, you know, Star City Games, premium featured nicest writer, man magic. nicest man in Magic, whatever you want to lay on him. GCB? Look, look like, like a dick. A giant 
douche. I mean, DCP's actually done douchey things that I could rattle off if you want. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, so Reed's on the other side. So, I don't, I've never heard Reed swear. Really? Yeah, I don't think so, he does it. Reed's sitting here. You and can he's, try to get him to do it, and he won't. So Reed's, the worst thing he'll say is nerd. He'll call someone a nerd, <laughs> and then he'll start giggling. <laughs> so, so Reed's on one side of the table, and he's got Jace the Mind Sculptor and Sylvan Library. He's got, like, whatever, maybe no rogue. But some deck that can play both these cards. So he's got both these cards in play, and opponent's got nothing. So all, all opponent, local hero, all his friends are like, well, you know, and we wanted to watch our friend play, but this is over. So they all walk away. So like ten minutes later, they come back, and they're signing the slip, and Reed hands the slip to the other guy. The guy just takes it, and he takes it up, and like, what, what happened? <laughs> he had chased the mind sculptor in, in Sylvan Library versus a, a dead board. And Reed's like, he, he drew lingering souls. <laughs> so... Jason Mind Sculptor and Sylvan Library. Not one, but two insane draw engines. Um, what, what is it? Dark, dark Ascension? Dark, dark Ascension Uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> card card <laughs> Yeah, so you just lingering soul. Imagine that board being beaten by. I think I had that one as my number two Dark Ascension card. After Strangler Geist. No, below Gather the Townsfolk. You had Strangler Geist number one. Oh, yeah. That was the Lost Podcast. I had Strangler Geist, Gather the Townsfolk, and Lingering Souls as my top three. I, I said that I thought Lingering Souls was better than Gather the Townsfolk. I remember you were so high on Gather the Townsfolk. Yeah, I thought it was insane. I, 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 wait, this is unverifiable. Like That was a lost podcast, yes? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. What card? Will say something unseemly in it? I, no, oh, I don't remember. I, I, but I definitely remember Steve had Strangler Geist as his number one. And, and Strangler Geist has put together a nice little... I mean, I wouldn't max contract it. But like maybe uh, really a small, small market, market team. Exact <laughs> 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 same thing. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, the dude gets does he get playing Legacy. You know, probably not. Probably not. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. he could. Why not? They play all kinds of garbage in Legacy. <laughs> Yeah, hey, he could get played in Vintage. They play Slash Dancer there. Well, do they? Do they play that guy in in, in Modern? I didn't really see him much in Modern. You could play them in like a pod deck, well, right? Uh, pod decks are too good now, right? They're, they're just yeah. too. They're too. Fun. I think it was good in vintage because it could kill Jace, and you could play it off a workshop or just like whatever. Slash Panther, yeah, Slash Panther. It was yeah. like the biggest card in vintage. I for, remember I, when you say the biggest card in vintage. What you mean is the feature that they're like top five cards of this tournament, which are not actually the top five cards of the tournament, but whatever the person who's writing the top five cards of this tournament feels like writing about while looking at a match. No. And it was played in one deck. No, that's actually not how it works at all. No. It's the first five cards that that person can think of <laughs> before they're allowed to leave the hall and actually go get their first non-gray hamburger of the weekend. <laughs> right? It's like, if I can think of five cards here, I can actually because, go eat a meal. Because believe me, I read top five cards in this tournament every single... That's like... I, obviously, I check the top eight deck list every single time because I got to go write about them five minutes later. But I always check five cards in this because I actually I think it's a really interesting yeah. feature. But I will look at the list and I'll be like, "There's no way these are the top five cards." No, they're generally, they're generally like the, the breakout, top five most interesting or, or breakout cards. I, I think generally yeah. the cards you are. Frank Tuscan number one for the fourth consecutive week is not a breakout. <laughs> breakout and or defining. Like, we're not going to just put, all right, one through four are the four tokens that you made off of Langering Souls. <laughs> what do you think about Seance? I think, I mean, it might be hot. 
I like that deck a lot. So that deck seems good. So I'll break some tech. Uh, Osip told me this actually. We were talking this week. Why, why are you gonna break this then? He's not going any turn. Oh, okay. Maybe he is. Sorry, no one listens to this. Don't worry about it. Um, right now he's like, "Hey, I'm listening to this. Am I no one?" <laughs> so he's like, "So he had this great idea." So you know the combo in the Seance deck is Trostani and Seance, right? That's why they have Trostani instead of yeah. Restoration Angel. Yeah. But I tried that. Like my Trostani never lived. So even if I won off of Seance, like my Trostani was always dead, or like it never activated. It's like, we'll tell you what, what if you get Seance out with, like, enough mana, and then you just play Vidugazi Guildmage off the Seance, then you just, like, populate the Vidugazi Guildmage, it doesn't have summoning sickness, right? So, the, so, like, you, you well, I mean, you can activate it, regardless, it, even if it has summoning sickness, it's not an ability that requires attack. So, you just, like, do this thing, and then if they don't deal with both tokens, then now, every time you Seance up, you can, you're, you have a populate machine set up already. And the other thing that's cool about it is there's a lot of decks can be exploited by just playing a two-drop, right? It's like two-drop you. It's not strategic to your game plan. It just screws with their game plan. Just kill them. They have a handful of stroke of genius. Yeah, you're just like, hit you for two, hit you for four, hit you for six, and they're like, oh, man. And then you try to make some big play, and you're like, all right, like Grizzly Salvage uh, Seance. And they're like, man, Instead of I thought seance, you were some terrible populate deck. <laughs> Instead of Seance, I mean, like, I'm surprised no one's played uh, Growing Ranks. Ones that. Is that one populate every turn? Populate every upkeep. But well, the thing is, Seance is synergistic with like the sure, remnants I, of their of their unburial rights. Yeah, but shell. we could also we could also play cackling uh, counterpart and actually make like copies of things that are relevant, like Snapcaster Mage every turn, or uh, you know, a Thrag Tusk right. every turn. So somebody says, like, what happens if I like? What happens if I like cackling counterpart a Thrag Tusk? I will tusk? blow your mind. Yeah. So, someone sent this to me on Facebook. ended much better than I could have potentially ended. <laughs> I, will, I, I, will, I will blow you one last kiss. All right, so, somebody sent this to me on Facebook this week. I'm sorry, I don't remember who. I, I, we don't look things up, so. But I had actually played against it on Moto previously. Um, but I'm going to blow your mind, right? All right. Seance combo. Mirror Mad Phantasm. Mill your deck. Seance up. Laboratory Maniac. Thoughts? Yeah. But you only have one Mirror Mad Phantasm. Yeah, it's easy to find. You can use, It's easy to find one guy. Uh, I don't think Mirror Mad Phantasm works the way you think it does. If there's a Mirror Mad Phantasm in, that's been removed, and there's a Mirror Mad Phantasm copy that's been made... Oh, yeah. Okay, that seance. does work. Yeah, it does work. Okay, it does work. <laughs> so oh. It doesn't work the way I think it does. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Then you use the Mirror Mad Phantasm, <sighs> and then the next turn, which is the next turn... Right. Seance up the... I mean, if people are playing stupid do-nothing bant decks... Yeah, they have no chance against the strategy. It's pretty oh, easy oh. to set up. I'd play that. Like... What about I mean, one the, of the, egg, the eggs deck in... Uh, one of the Canadian eggs deck, I think, in uh, Seattle, was actually playing... Uh, was actually playing Laboratory Maniac out of its sideboard. Oh, that's cool. Easy way to win. Yeah. I think if as I, a non-targeted way to win. Yeah, if I if I play a it's another Star City Invitational this year, I'm probably gonna play that in my in my uh uh Southwood Breakfast deck as the kill instead of what I played last time. Because it's it's you know, it gets around everything. Yeah. And it, you you actually don't need you actually don't need to reanimate. So like you could just tutor for it and then like uh mill your deck and then just warp it in with uh with Aether Vile. So if your opponent's got like I have fourteen <laughs> Uh, counter spells. Counter spells and 
and extractions and ley lines in play, and you're like, all right, brah, I'm just going to, like, tutor for this card, and then I'm just going to mill my deck, and I'm just going to warp it in. What do you think? They're like, okay, <laughs> magic together. And then, plus, you can just combo it up, right? You just reanimate it and win. Sure. So you go, do you know the combo is? So you get, so your targeted card is Revel Arc. Right. Revel Arc, and then you get, uh, then you flashback Cabal Therapy and get, um, uh, the, uh, what's a 1-1 guy who sacrificed draw card, discard a card? And Lab Maniac. And then they're both in play, and then you sacrifice some draw card, you know, parts of your library. Oh, nice. So, so you don't have to wait. Yeah, you never have to wait. That's good. So... And your deck's full of brainstorms and stuff anyway. If you, you know. Sure, but... But it's... it's, it's a, if you're playing this explicitly to get around, like, a counterbalance lock. Yeah, but what's, what's super cool about this is yeah. that, like, most of the strategies against, against this are based on stopping you from reanimating. Sure. But you can actually just... You don't have to reanimate. You, you can, can just, just tutor for the... Yeah, yeah, so you tutor for the Laboratory Maniac and then just mill your deck. Oh, that's actually nice. Yeah, yeah. and then you play it and then they're dead. So... <clears throat> that makes sense. I'm glad you explained that. I was yeah, pretty so, skeptical. Yeah, it's that way. That way, no one can kill you in the GP when you combo them off and don't know how it works. <laughs> well, you don't like this. Actually, seems like the perfect deck you would play in Legacy. It's like an insane two-card second-turn combo kill deck that also just has the exact same game plan as the deck that Martel played to win the Grand Prix. Just like four Stone Forge Mystic, a Batter Skull, a Jet A, and Lingering Souls. I, don't know, I used to have it in my sideboard, but like You'd probably play them. But it, the thing is, it doesn't make you any better. Your opponents that are... When you sideboard in creatures, right? The reason you're sideboarding creatures is your opponent's sideboarding an anti-graveyard. So you can want to side in a token producer that's relying on the graveyard. Like, narco me but the exact same thing in this deck as Lingering Souls. In a strategic... You're just like, alright, flip narco and put a jit well, in. if your deck is already functioning. Yeah, but it... I mean, your natural state is to be functioning. Like, your natural state isn't to be hosed. And if you're if you're hosed, you can't you're, you want to bring in cards that don't help you. No, if, if you just draw lingering souls, now, you might not have three lands of play, bro. That's <laughs> a no, legacy. Like, how many lands? Of, you had no lands of play when you won the Grand Prix. Yeah, that was plenty. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, no, no lands was more than enough for me. Like you could easily get your first two lands of brainstorms and Lindell's vaults, but it's not the kind of deck that. Makes a land drop for six consecutive. Sure. If you're making a land drop for six consecutive turns, you're probably going to lose. Like that's the. That's fair. Do you um, play Lindell's Vault? Yeah. Ah, you force a will with that. I, I've never actually played Lindell's Vault. It's the best card. It's ever. so insane. It's the best card ever. You just set it. You, you literally just. Right, you spend one card and you just set everything up. You spend one card. Like I mean, when I played against Zach in that match, where you know, like in, in game two, he had active. Uh, engineer explosives and active seismic assault. Uh-huh. I baited him with a with a cephalid illusionist in such a was position. If he didn't kill my cephalid illusionist, I was just going to kill him. But then I made him kill my cephalid illusionist, and I had, knew what he was going to do. So I milled it in such a way that I drew into the rest of my combo because that's what Lindos Vault does. So I like triple redundancy to my combo kill, even though he had two different ways to stop me on the table that required. No additional resources to stop me. It's very good. Yeah, Lemgo's Vault is one of those cards that's like weirdly underappreciated. Like, it certainly was never as big at the time when it was first printed. As, well, it first, been. as soon as it was first printed, it went on to make three of the top four decks at U.S. Nationals. Yeah, but it, it never, it never. That was like kind of like <laughs> I'm sorry, high, two of the top high four, end three of the play. Top eight. It never. It was never really a card you saw people. You know. 
play with it. Tiger Max. It hasn't had a huge impact in Legacy yet. No one plays it. It's, it's people played it in the non-counterbalance flash decks yeah. as another tutor, but those decks were very, very fragile. I mean, you let's be honest. You've got rose-colored glasses on the fact that you had this really insane deck that had two combos. Yeah, it was okay. awesome. So their deck might not necessarily be... You're talking about decks that can win on the first and second turn. They're not exactly fragile, right? I think I think what's insane is that, like, the deck that I like to play has a turn two kill. Right. But, like, you can also just go, you know, play an Aether Vial, warp in Stoneforge Mystic, and, like, just beat them with... Are you spending too many slots main deck on your plan B? No, Stoneforge Mystic no, it gets Shuko. It, it gets your other combo pieces. But yeah. Are you... Are there more efficient ways to do that? I mean, what do you, what do you want? Like, the... What, what do you want to do? I mean, what, do you want to have like? I don't know if you're. Do, like, you can only I'm play so many ports of wills. The deck <laughs> by doing that. I mean, the I don't know. How, I don't know how you can be diluting the deck when so Mystic is in fact a tutor for a combo, combo piece. But it's a tutor for <clears throat> a specific combo piece. Yeah, but you have brainstorm, ponder, Limdul's vault, drawing cards naturally. You know, like, thing, when I've played combo decks, it overload on ways to get one piece but not the other. Right, you want you want more yeah. fluid tutors. I've always felt like my deck was just sort of. But sloppy. remember, like there's and a I lot got of myself into a lot of trouble. If you're just playing against Maverick, for example, and you just go like Stoneforge Mystic, Batterskull, Jide, they can't beat that draw anyway. So, like, sure, like, but I'm not that worried about. Like, they do a lot of work to try I'm to not, beat that. If draw. I'm playing an awesome combo deck, yeah. I'm not that worried about figuring out a way to beat a green-white creature deck in game one. If I can't do that. <laughs> Then I have way bigger problems. Your opponent is Brian Gibbler. Yeah. He's got a Gedekti Gathalia. <laughs> All right. You guys got to go to dinner, right? We got to go to dinner. Okay. Um, you can come to dinner with us. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Or you can be kicked out of your social club. I got to go to my other Do you have to go ritualistically sacrifice a boar? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's no. a moose. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. B-O-R-E. I want, I want to. <laughs> I want to do that. B O R E. You know who's showing down at Daniel MS? Daniel MS used to have like the best record, but then he started showing these horrible movies. So like he has like this, he has the swingiest record. He's like Amari Sotomayor. Like Amari Sotomayor in 2008, you're like, wow, let's give this guy a max contract. Amari Sotomayor in 2011, you're like, man, I hope Melo plays better next year while Amari's on the bench. I'm five! <laughs> we're in the, we're in the officially in the McGrady years of. <laughs> The Stoudemire contract, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> what, what's this contract right now? Uh, I don't know. The same time as Mellows and, and Chandler's. And Tracy McGrady's. <laughs> oh, you amnestied McGrady? I don't even know. You, you do not have McGrady on your McGrady contract. McGrady and Alan Houston are still getting Nick money. Dolan's renting them checks every what day. What happened to Starberry? I mean, he went to China. He's a champion. They have statues of him in, in China. China. Yeah, he won He won a Chinese basketball. One of the biggest But he could have, like, still been playing. The, I mean, I understand he played yeah. for you guys. He could have been playing in the NBA. Like, Where he just got sort of kicked around and disrespected and was just sort of... You guys gave him a contract. By James Dolan. Yeah, but James Dolan is a dick. You're, he's just a king in China. He's <laughs> one of the... Yeah, it's like, he has people carrying a million concubines. <laughs> they made gold statues in his honor. Yeah. 
Could I go to, to China to become a professional basketball player? I mean, I, I mean, do you think that you first, can see up on first first small market team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, Mike, Brian, Top Eight Magic. Goodbye. This is not getting posted. It's getting po- you know? I thought this was good. I thought it was good too, but it's not getting posted. It's getting posted tonight. Alright, we'll see. Bye.